This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 146-inch. On this episode, it's the second half of our interview with Roseanne McElvain, who was Weird Al's makeup and hair designer from UHF through Poodle Hat. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Yes, everybody. Welcome. Hey, Ethan, did your team win the Super Bowl? Sure. And your team? Uh, Yeah, I suppose. Well, great. Now that we have fulfilled our masculinity quotient for the month by talking sports, it's time for This Week in Weird Al Related News! This past weekend, Nerf Herder's song Born Weird featuring Weird Al on accordion premiered on the Dr. Demento Show. If you didn't hear it yet, the song is fantastic, and Weird Al's unforgettably bodacious accordion solo is pretty stinking majestic. Born Weird will officially be released tomorrow, February 17th, on digital music platforms, and an exclusive 12-inch vinyl will be sold at NerfHerder.com. The 12-inch single also includes Nerf Herder's cover of My Bologna and is pressed on Bologna-colored vinyl and comes with a scratch-and-sniff Bologna sticker. And that is not all. To celebrate the release of their brand new single with Weird Al, Perry Grip and Steve Sherlock of Nerf Herder will join us on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast for an exclusive interview next week. Oh, hey! I love Nerf Herder! You know what else I love? I love vegan burrito restaurants. This episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger, feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit Burrito squared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead last episode we shared part one of our interview with weird al's longtime hair and makeup artist roseanne McElvain. let's pick up the interview with roseanne already in progress right where we left off last episode was it super easy in comparison to do the bald cap for gump or is is that challenging because of how much hair al has oh al has a lot of hair yeah in order to wrap al's hair and to get it flat put it in a bald cap i used a product that's called gap flat that's g-a-f-u-a-t and it's an ingredient in hairspray that gives it um the the stiffness and the staying power so Mm -hmm. i just used pure gap flat and it's water safe. It's water dissolved and water soluble, so it all rinses out really easy. Mm-hmm. But I would use plain gas water, taking his hair and molding it in circles around his head 
to lay it flat and to maintain the shape of his skull. And he already has a large circumference of his <laughs> skull. I mean, it is. Uh, it's, you know, the average uh, wig molds are 22, 24s, you know, extra. And Al has a 26 circumference. So anything that I would have to build or make in advance, I could do it from the one wig mold that I had. And, um, yeah, we would just lay his hair down because I didn't want him come poking up through the uh, the latex. Right. So I gap-flawed it and then hit it with a blow dryer so it would dry and it dries hard and it becomes like a hard cell. And then you huh. put... Um, and I always used a foam latex. So it wasn't just a thin uh, layer of latex made to put on its head. There was a slight one sixteenth of an inch foam. So it kind of smoothed it out, so to speak. So and it wasn't as fragile. Um and doing that. And I Matthew Mungle of WM Creations, um, I used had him in his lab run all of my bald caps for Al. And <laughs> Matthew is an Oscar wing effects designer and he worked with us on several of Al's videos yeah and his, par- and his partner Johnny Jackson um helped me on doing Amish Paradise and then also Bedrock Anthem mm-hmm. so I just always had you know really talented artisans that worked with me and that to me is the secret and the key to it I heard a rumor that in the Gump Music video that the reason why Weird Al's bass player Steve J played the part of the guitar player and uh, the reasoning was because that uh, Jim West's hair, Al's regular guitar player, was too big at the time to fit underneath of a wig. Hmm. Now you're really taxing my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible because I didn't do the band on Okay. So whoever I had with me on that particular video, usually I try to keep uh, a commonality with my crew because, you know, they were going to be around Al, and I also didn't want any, you know, starstruck people working with me who are going to bombard him taking pictures because I don't do that. Yeah, right. I do not do that. You know, maybe I should have done that in my career, but it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And, right. But I'm, I'm trying to think who I had with me, and I it doesn't... And, and that's very possible that that happened, because Jim has a head full of hair. And I'm friends with both Jim and Steve, and also with Bermuda, so I, I keep in contact with the guys. Oh, nice. On yeah. That's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. I saw that Al was performing here a few, several years ago, a few years ago. Um, you know, the guys were really great. And it was Jim, actually. Or no, it was Steve J that put me on his guest list. Oh, nice. So that I could go to the show. 
And I was able to see Al afterwards in the green room. Mm-hmm. And it had been, you know, several years since I had seen Al. And so it was a great kind of reunion, so to speak. Oh, how and cool. he was surprised. He, he didn't know. Yeah, it was great. I'm really happy that I got to see him. That's awesome. Now, putting Weird Al's, you know, hair underneath a, a bald cap or maybe in this in the situation, whether it's true or not, that, that Jim's West hair was too big to, to fit underneath a wig. I'm wondering if there's ever been any other, you know, compromises, you know, that needed to be made because uh, either the wig wouldn't fit or the uh, idea behind the look was too elaborate. Can you think of any compromises that you may have had to make? No. Not really. I mean, if it's something that needed to be done, I would just do whatever was necessary to try and make it happen, at least during my tenure of working with Al. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the the only thing was trying to get his hair straight, (laughs) and it just wouldn't. And I had to flat iron his hair all day long. That was a challenge. Um, It was, like, frustrating because... The slightest amount of humidity was going to cause his hair to, you know, <laughs> curl right back up. <laughs> and it was like, okay, what was I thinking? It was just, you know, it would have been better just to put him in a, a wig. But he wanted to do it with his hair straight. <laughs> and I would always try to accommodate what he wanted. And right. then we're like, yeah, this ain't working. Um, but, yeah, no, there's nothing that... Hmm. That comes to mind. I mean, the only thing that was a a bit of a challenge, and I got it to work. And that's when I I built, uh, again, there were three or four hair pieces that I used to create the the wig for the uh, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, for Saga Begins. Yeah. I mean, that was a challenge getting his hair to lay flat and then getting the pieces on it. The opening of the video they shot in Death Valley in June or July. I mean, that's insane. That's 120. <laughs> and right. thank God I was booked in Chicago to work Playboy. And I, I, was, I sent my team in to do it. And there was like some hiccups that happened and, the one makeup artist kind of like gave into heat exhaustion and oh, he, he, you know, yeah, she went down. So a few people did. And I knew that Kathleen was there. And so Kathleen was able to, you know, make it work as best as possible, but any other shots that they needed to get of that. Once I was back, you know, came back from Chicago and we were in the studio, we were able to, you know, fix it and get it the way he wanted it, especially for the bar scene. Okay. And, um, yeah, the, I forget what the character's name is, the girl that's the Asian character all in white uh, with the Japanese um, design. We did that, but all the other characters that were masked and in prosthetic heads, yeah, yeah. Those were all provided and done by uh, WM Creations, which is Matthew Mungle. 
And so he did that. And, you know, when, when the videos become so intensive with certain aspects of makeup design, you've got to relinquish it. You can say, okay, this is the look that we want. And it just so happened that Matthew had in his inventory everything that they needed. <laughs> and could you, so, you know, that was the perfect scenario. And, and then all the audience members for all the, you know, the performance shows, all of, all the people in the audience were friends of Al's or friends of the band or friends of somebody. You know, I had a few friends that wanted, it's like, okay, come here. You can go be in a video. <laughs> How but, awesome. You nice. know, I, I think I've even put some of my crew people in. They're like, why don't you come in? Like, oh, yeah. oh, that's not going to happen. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask if you ever showed up in any of Weird Al's videos or projects. Oh, never. Never? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a Jerry just... headlights in front of a camera. <laughs> okay. It takes a special individual. Everybody's oh, I can do that. And I'm like, okay, go try so try <laughs> to be natural and, and, and not feel uncomfortable that a camera is zoomed in on you and you don't know how tight they're zoomed in on you. Um, you know, like when I worked on internal affairs, John Alonzo was our uh, cinematographer. And I was like, oh, dear God, he's shooting straight up the nose. <laughs> and it's like, we do nose grooming. And all those things run through your head. But yeah, I am so uncomfortable in front of a motion camera. And even stills, I just don't do That's why I asked you, Ethan, was today going to be a Zoom video? <laughs> because I would have had to spend time doing my hair, doing my makeup. And it's like, oh, please. No. <laughs> no, we're easy on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want to be on camera. It's it's uh, it's not who I am. Okay. Yeah, I can respect that. That that's fair. Now, I'm actually I'm curious. So, you know, you would design the hair. Did you actually ever cut Al's hair? No. Oh, no. Well, yes, I have, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. The it, it's a funny thing with Al, because he'll go on tour. I got into using a hair product, Nexium, that was like a liquid protein. And he could put on his hair and keep it somewhat conditioned and manageable, because he'd come back from tour and he'd say, honey, I need my hair fixed. And I'd look at him and go, oh, my God, what did you do, hang, hang your head out the window? <laughs> and he, you know, it's... Just like, oh, okay. And it's about conditioning it and, and getting the curls back. But with Al, it was about giving him an air cut, not a haircut, an air cut. If you took off more than one thirty seconds of an inch, it was like too much. Wow. So, it was just, so wait, so who cut Al's hair then? That's how we did his hair, with an air cut. It was just trimming it and snipping off the damaged ends that got destroyed while he was on tour. Um, it wasn't until that he got with uh, 
when Suzanne came into Al's life as his wife, and she brought on her friend, Sean James. Mm -hmm. And Sean was, and Sean is a proper hairstylist. He worked in a salon at Fred Beagle, and he did, he, he took over Al. And, and his, Al's hair has looked great. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy for that. I mean, I got injured really bad in 2004. So I was in and out of, uh, I was in a hospital bed for eight months and then learning to walk and in and out of wheelchair for two years. So that, that even during that time, Al didn't do anything during my downtime. And then I think it is that we did running with scissors. And then the Bob video. The Bob video was the last video I did. Okay. And from that and from that point on, Sean has been with Al, and Sean has done a great job working with Al. And the album cover he did, I believe he did the album cover for um, Great Out of Clipwood. Yeah. Um, because that's where Al's from, <laughs> and it's right next to Compton. So, but. <laughs> And that, that was a big change for Al because that was where you, you notice the difference in the quality of production that was amped up. So a bigger budget was in play. I mean, the album cover for uh, Straight Out of Linwood was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, it just, you know, it, it looked great. And I think a lot of that I, I don't know, but I think a lot of that is to the credit of Suzanne because that's her that's her specialty. And, you know, she was with Fox in international marketing. She was the vice president. So, you know, it really helped. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and John has been maintaining Al's hair since. Yeah. I want to jump back uh, to the Amish Paradise video, if we could. During the uh, video, I know that Weird Al's parents, they make a cameo in the video. And I've always heard a story about Al's father coming in, having dyed his hair. Uh, Do you recall that story? Oh, my I'm trying to think. All right. So to give a little more background, I believe this, this, the rumor that I've heard was that the beard uh, was made for Al's father and it was uh, gray because Al's father had gray hair at the time. And when Al asked him to be in the music video, he said, oh, I'm going to be in a music video. I need to go out and get my hair dyed black, you know, so I don't look like I'm an older gentleman anymore. So when he showed up, the wi- the beard was a different color. It was gray and his hair was black. And then the rumor I always heard was that he had to then have his hair dyed gray to match the beard. <laughs> Is any of that ringing a bell? No, and I would have I would have assigned one of my team members to doing Al's okay. dad if it was there because during the Amish Paradise, I was so focused on Al and also the beards because we were handling beards. I was also flocking, which is a way of static electricity using to apply hair and then we are hand laying hair over the beard to give it a more realistic look because the beards that we were using, they were pretty cheap quality wigs (laughs) and they just, 
you know, that's the nature of, of Al Productions. Um, so to do it, make it work, you could do that and then overlaying it with the yak hair to give it a, a different uh, appearance instead of it being so fake and a hard mm. edge where the lace is. So I don't really recall having to dye anybody's hair during, okay. not during the day of production. Uh, that's a major, major task. Yeah. And it takes time to do that. So I, I don't recall that. And <laughs> again, we not necessarily would have had the facilities available to us to do that. Because you know, you've got to be able to wash the hair out and all that. And sure. Our, our work areas and that were pretty crude. I mean, we didn't have big makeup trailers and that available. It was, I gotcha. you know, usually finding a room somewhere in whatever location and setting up. Yeah. I mean, it is possible that this happened before he showed up on the set as well. So I, I, I just, something I've heard over the years. Yeah. Yeah. But his parents were so sweet. I mean, it's, you know, they were, they were on Al's, they were so supportive and, and proud of him. And his dad was funny and charming <laughs> and his mom there. They were just the sweetest people. And he just was like, Oh my God. And, and Al is their son. It, it really was a, a very, very special family. And, um, and I've worked with them when we did the uh, Sam Goody cutout of them. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they were a part of a lot of, or at least coming to watch and, to, you know, be a participant in several of the videos. You know, they didn't live that far from L.A., so they would drive up. But they were, you know, <laughs> they were an elderly couple. And, it, you know, it was absolutely devastating what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very sad, yes. Did you notice any kind of difference in Al when his parents were around? Was he, I don't know, like on better behavior? Or <laughs> was there any difference, or was it just Al as Al? No, not at all. Because his dad was a bit of a character, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, Al did not change at all. Um, you know, he's very proud of them. He loved them. Um, they were so proud of him, and... You know, yeah, they were they were great. No, uh, uh-uh. he didn't act like oh god, my parents are here. No, he he wasn't about that. <laughs> yeah, Al Al is Al. Hmm. You know, and when he'd have you know, like Barry would come around, Doctor Demento, and mm-hmm. he's another special character, and he's the one that put Al on the map. Yeah, you know, yeah. and Al's always. You know, Barry is very much a part of Al's circle. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, and you know that Al's a vegan, right? Oh, yeah. You, you told me a great story about when Al became a vegetarian. Well, I, it's not about when he became vegetarian. He was a vegetarian. I was very unaware of it. I didn't take care of his meal orders. Right. But it was years working with him. And... uh Craig Armstrong was our producer, 
And I had seen Al just nitpicking at the celeries and the carrots and the radishes that come in on a catering sandwich tray. And all the sandwiches, you know, were turkey, roast beef, tuna. He didn't eat any of that. And I didn't know that. Um, so, did you eat? And he's like, mm, no. I'm like, why? He goes, because I'm a vegan. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we were all shocked. You know, uh, yeah, we had no idea. Because he just doesn't talk about that. And he doesn't complain. That's the thing. Al, I've seen him, and I don't know how he does it. He's one of those unique and rare individuals that can multitask at such a high level for a very long duration of time throughout the day, playing director, editor, and star, and maintaining his calm. He always has a very calm nature. Hmm. And it's just, it, it's remarkable. It really is. Uh, I've worked with a lot of directors, and I've just never seen anyone ever operate uh at the level that he can because he's so cerebral and he's just not somebody who complains and he was like yeah it it was it really was incredible and you know he's a special human being Roseanne you were working with Weird Al during a time where he uh, famously changed his look he always had like a short curly hair with with glasses and a mustache and then he ended up getting lasik surgery and growing his his hair out and shaving off the mustache was there any pushback or concerns about him changing his look so dramatically um there was concern but it's what he wanted to do yeah. and he's allowed to live his life <laughs> and and he you know and the privacy, because everybody identifies with him with the mustache. So he can be a little bit incognito when he needs to have the mustache. It's an easy fix. It's just put one on, you know. And that's why he had what I refer to as air cut, because he did not want his hair cut for the longest time. And because he has curly hair, it takes it that much longer for his hair to show any growth and length. Mm-hmm. And so for years, we I did the air cut of just trying to snip the end and keeping it so that his hair would grow. You can't really do layers on it because he really wanted it one length. Um, and he finally got that. You know, I think when he, right around the time that he met Suzanne and they were dating, that he probably, I don't know if that had played into it, where he was um, wanting to remove. And he, and then he, you know, talked about growing like a goatee, uh, which I think he wears now. Um, so he was just, you know, exploring his his options. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what looked right. good and, and, and changing it up a bit. I would love to ask about the Spy Hard music video, the opening sequence for Spy Hard. Were you working on that video as well? Uh-huh. And on that video, I brought Lynn Egan back on to work with me as my second. So what part are you asking about? 
Well, I'm really curious about how you work with Al's hair when there is literally parts where he's underwater. How does that work? And I guess the same could be said about the about the Off the Deep End album cover. Um, I didn't do the album cover. Okay. They just shot that. When he dove in the pool and they shot it. I believe Clive was um, shooting... Clive was the cinematographer that worked with us in all the videos. He did not do UHF. UHF, our cinematographer, was David Lewis. And then Clyde Smith came in. Um, for those sequences, yeah, it just they just shot that. And there was really nothing to worry about with his hair. There was no special consideration. It's just, let's put Al in. His hair will just do what it does. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, at some point like that, because the hair's going to float out, and and because his hair is so curly, it's not going to weigh down heavy, so it's going to stay a little bit more afloat. Mm-hmm. And um, but there were two uh, uh, morbidly obese women that were also in the water. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we did them, and then you know, worked with Al on that. And I don't even think I put makeup on Al. I might have done something just so he wasn't so washed out because I used, when I did Al's makeup, I had to formulate a formula of using different makeups and pigments so that it was transparent enough. And I mean, I pretty much put Al in in makeup, arms, neck, face, everything. Because Al is very pale. Mm-hmm. And if if he's under lights, he's just too washed out. But, so yeah. For, also for the uh, Spy Hard music video, at the end, of course, Al uh, keeps a note and then his head explodes. Did you create any of the elements, the wig, or, or condition any of the skin for that um, prosthetic that explodes? Only the hair. Yeah. Only the hair. The, the rest of it was done by uh, Matthew Mungle, um in the effect. Mm-hmm. And I just provided the wig that went on the head. <laughs> and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think we shot that way late at night, one night, after a very, very, very long day. I mean, hmm. our, our shooting schedule on many, not all, but many of the videos would be 20-plus-hour days. Wow. Wow. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Amish Paradise, we went 23 hours. Wow. Incredible. Wow. Not my longest day in my career, but pretty close. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my longest. This day was on a horror film called Retribution, and we shot 36 hours. Oh my goodness! Oof. Wow, crazy! Wow. <laughs> they, they everybody thinks it's such a glorified business, and I'm like, oh, come to work with me for a day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, with Al, after 16 hours, and I don't say it to make fun of. In, of the disability and the 
the syndrome, but after 16, 18 hours, I get what's called Tourette syndrome. <laughs> okay. And it's just like, get the shot done. <laughs> yeah. No filter. Your patience wears thin. <laughs> like, okay. And, and when I've done it, you know, sitting there 23 hours and we're still shooting going, oh my God, how am I going to get home? But we've done it. And thank God did it without any, you know, incident. But that's the nature of music videos. Music videos are notoriously long. Yeah, right. You know, but I got to, there's a payoff with it. You could either do short days on real boring work, or you can work <laughs> doing stuff and get to be really creative and be in your element. Mm -hmm. And that's what was fun working with Al. Sure. And working with somebody that had respect for everybody that he worked with. And he did. All right. So we talked a little bit about it earlier, but you also were with Al when he was working on the Weird Al show, the the kids television show that was on CBS. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like the fact that it was a kid show because it wasn't designed to be a kid show. Right. Right. But that's where that's where CBS marketed now how is that experience different than uh, uh, working on a tv show like the weird al show different than working on something like a music video which we've been talking about a lot um well they both you know the the thing is with the format for the tv show because it was serious it um it worked at a fast pace and you had to have things prepped and ready to go and Peyton was our director on that. A lot of times, the, you know, whoever's directing is going to set the tone for, you know, how it works. Also, the first AD and how they keep moving. And um, and for the most part, most of the people know who the first AD was on the Weird Al TV show. But the first AD will generally... Uh, Set the tone for the crew and the mode. I was in a makeup room that was way off to the side and removed from all the other areas. And then I was just so busy in the makeup room because I was doing both hair and makeup. And uh, Peggy Nichols was with me. And she has also done numerous sitcoms. So I knew that she knew how to work at a fast pace. And that's what we needed for that. Um, and so, yeah. It, it, and then when necessary, I brought in uh, additional people to be working on the set and to keep the set running and maintained so that I could be in the back room doing what I needed to do to get the next wig and the next look ready for Val who, um, her name? Paula J. Parker. Yeah. So her character was a lot of work because we changed it so much. Um, in hindsight, I may have not, I would have maybe not changed it as much as we did, but that was a, an actor and director's choice. I'm like, whatever. And I was very fortunate to get a great deal from uh, manic panic wigs and so they provide okay. with all the wigs um, that we use for her character 
Hmm. And then Peggy would go in and do her makeup. And Al's character, if I remember correctly, his character doesn't change too much during the show. No, the character that Weird Al plays on the show is pretty much himself. But, I mean, he does do a lot of little spoofs. You know, he did the Fred Huggins character. He did a lot of other little, you know, right. uh, clips and stuff like that. So there was a, a lot of, of, I imagine, a lot of makeup and, and wigs that went into that show as well. Well, they did. Um, I just wasn't, there is nothing that he did during that show that stands out for me as far as character wise, because there were so many other characters, mm, okay. um, that were brought in and I mean, we had musicians, uh, and I forget the guy's name, shame on me. He's a, an extremely well-known sax player. Oh, uh, are you talking about Clarence Clemens? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so we just had, he had, a, you know, he had guest stars that he was like so excited that they were a part of, you know, doing the show with him. And that was during the time that Clarence wasn't performing with uh, Bruce Springsteen. And then, you know, right. a few years later, then that changed. But it was, you know, there was a lot of people that came in. And on the show that, you know, now wanted everybody treated like an A-list celebrity. And they were. Yeah. Um, it was a busy show and a lot of work. But, you know, I've never had a nightmare experience working on any of Al's projects. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. No, there's there's no need for it. And in in... If something can't happen the way that it's supposed to, then that's a a technical issue. And as Al is my director, I always went to Al. Or I would go to the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was only one time where maybe there was a hiccup in that regard. Um, and that would have been doing the the Bob video. Well, that's a great way for us to talk about the Bob video. <laughs> nah, the Bob video, the video that almost didn't happen. And why was that? Well, because we were shooting, and it was with a new producer, and I do not remember his name. And something had happened the day before, and it was a big, big mix-up, whatever. And then we were doing the what we were shooting the day we did the Bob video. We had the opportunity. To wrap early that day and I guess that's what he wanted to do um, I don't know what his agenda was for following but you know we had the Bob video plan and Al would ask me well what do you think and I'm like I've got the wigs we've got everything we needed and the producer did not want to shoot it and I'm like well we've got this why why can't we just get it done and so we did. And I had already done the wig on Al. Mm-hmm. Um, the one character that took long to do, I brought in another makeup artist to work with me. And I knew that we were going to do a bald cap on Bermuda. And he plays the background of, oh, what's the guy's name? Alan? Alan Ginsberg, yes. Yeah, Alan Ginsberg. Alan Ginsberg. So... 
the problem was my friend was doing Bermuda and she is a perfectionist and she's an incredible makeup artist and worked on the Grinch and, you know, Planet of the Apes. And I wanted her there because I wanted this to look good. Mm -hmm. That's how I am. That's who I am. And yeah, it took a little bit longer than necessary and she didn't need to necessarily do the backside of his head because it was never going to be seen. Yeah. Um, but she wanted perfection, and she wanted to complete it. And um, even though I asked her a couple times, Geneva, just walk away, she was going to complete what she wanted to get done in her job. And I, that was my mistake. I should have just said, drop it, stop it, walk away. And she just kept doing it, and it just really pissed the producer off. But... Regardless, we got the video done, and they still were able to go home mm-hmm. uh, early that day. So, you know, I it's the video that almost didn't get done. And the producer did not like the fact that I had the influence that I had on Al. And, you know, him seeing an artist that doesn't want to stop doing until the job is completed, you know, I take blame for that. Um, for allowing that to take place. But it still was no, you know, there was no need for the drama of that. Mm. And they they got the videos, they've used it. Um, Al seems to be quite happy with it. So, but that, that was my last job with Al. So, and, and that was, that was after my injury. So it was like, I was still having difficulty. And relearning to use my legs again. Wow. It happened. Now, in the the video, you were obviously there. What were Bermuda and Jay talking about? Do you have any, uh, did you hear them talking or no, just they pretending were to talk? No, so, they were so far. Jay was way deep in the background. And then Bermuda was Ginsburg. And then Al was up at the corner with the sign, Bob. And I have, I could, I, because I'm further back where camera is, there's, I had no sound available to me. I have no idea what those guys were talking about. <laughs> None whatsoever. In the video, is it's a one-shot deal. I mean, it's just, it's Al with the signs and there's no cuts. Do you recall how many times it took them to go through it? Not many. I think once or twice. Wow. That's why I'm telling you. Almost a video that didn't get made. And it would have been, in my mind, it would have been criminal to not shoot that video. Um, because everything was prepared. and Everybody was ready to go and on it. The only thing is, is that the character Bermuda playing Ginsburg. And the fact that we were doing Ginsburg. And my friend really wanted to give it her 200 percent um for the production quality of the video yeah yeah you didn't have to see the back of the hair i get that but the way that it was dealt with by you know this producer just it just doesn't make sense and it was just basically um the fact that she didn't let go when i asked her a couple times and he just 
you know, he just thought that was like I didn't have control of the situation. And I did. I just allowed her to do what it is that she does as an artist. Mm-hmm. And and that that took it away and and that pretty much ended, you know, everything with my relationship with Al working with him because moving forward he went in a different direction. Right. And I have no idea if that producer continued on with him, whatever. But I always, always have held Al's best interest at heart. And there was no reason not to shoot that video, knowing that it was, a, you know, an easy take and to get it done. And, and camera needed to do certain things. And we were just ready to go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy that he got the video. He was able to use it. And, you know, end of story. Yeah. So I, and I, I hold no, no ill feelings or hard feel any, anything about Al, because I enjoyed 20 years of working with him that were wonderful. And I had such a great, uh, respect for him as an artist and as a human being. So to have that change, it, it nothing was going to change that. There is no need to. And artists use other people all the time. And that's just the nature of the business. Yeah. And I'm fine. I'm fine with that. And, you know, when Sean was first working with Al, I got in touch with him to have a conversation with him about something. And I was just like, you really need to learn how to do both, um, both makeup and hair for Al. And, and that's what he's doing now. And he works with him and he does a brilliant job with him. Yeah. And you know, luckily for him, he's got better budget because Suzanne's on board. And <laughs> so he's able to market him and, and elevate the level of marketing. And it shows. It shows in the production quality and everything. So um, I'm happy for them. Oh, is there any projects that we haven't covered that you'd want to talk about? I'm trying to think. I mean, there are so many. You know, we did the Hanson video, uh, but that was outside of, that was Al's directorial videos that he did. Yeah. Um, but we did Axl Rose. We did Prince. Um, and, you know, Michael Jackson loved what Al did with his work. Al, Michael was always a fan of Al. Yeah. And <laughs> he always gave him his blessings. And then uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas loved. And Spielberg fell in love with Al when he did the Beverly Hillbillies and the animation. And Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He really caught Spielberg's attention during that video. And um, when we did the Star Wars, um, they invited Al. And, of course, they didn't go up there to to do the transformation. But um, when they were up there in San Francisco, and I believe George Lucas and, and uh, Spielberg both showed up for his show. Wow. Uh, because of a lot of respect for who he was. And... Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, 
I'm just trying to think through the years of just doing various individuals that I've met through the years that nothing, you know, they were all great projects. And I'm, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity and the honor to work on all the iconic videos of the 90s. And I did. It's incredible. You know, and I just had to figure it out. And that's what I did. I would watch the videos. I would watch it the first time just to get an overall view of it. And then I would just keep going over and over and over until I had dissected every frame of the video and how it was going to achieve the end result. And that's how it worked. The one thing that you didn't touch on was that in Amish Paradise, and she was wonderful, was Florence Henderson, who came in to play the Michelle Pfeiffer character. Mm -hmm. Right. That was it. And so she was a dream. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, were there any other celebrities that you got to meet through working with Weird Al that, you know, you were excited to get to meet while you're working on any of these events with Al? Well, one of them was the sax player, Clarence Clemens. I am a huge music fan. <laughs> so, and that's in my arena of music that I like. Um, there was one character that we had. I'm glad I didn't have to do her. Um, I didn't have enough plaster, but um, she is a character. And that was Angeline. She's in one of, do you know who I'm speaking of? Angeline, uh, oh, she's an iconic uh, billboard uh, in Hollywood, or was for years, many years. Um, And she's like this ageless Barbie doll image with this blonde hair and like over-the-top sexy outfit and driving Mm. her pink Corvette. And she's, you know, she's just an iconic figure in Hollywood. I think she's, hopefully she's retired by now, but um, yeah, she was, it, it was interesting meeting her. Um, and what what capacity did she work with, with Weird Al? Uh, she was just a cameo appearance, and I couldn't tell you which video it was, but she was a cameo, and she was very professional and very nice. Um, and she had to wait a while to get before they got to her scene. And she was, she was very gracious. Um, and that was, you know, it was nice to see that. Um, you know, I loved working with Robert Goulet. Mm-hmm. He was such a charmer. And, you know, I just, yeah, for the most part, it's like, and Florence Henderson, I mean, hello. You know, <laughs> of course. you're watching her. Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many different people, and it was it was great. And and you realize that they're all human beings. They're all human beings, and they just you know some people are, you know, none of the people I worked with Al on the set were particularly full of themselves. So everybody was a a really wonderful professional experience. And then, um, and then one of Al's good friends was on it. He's a weird character. And I worked with him on UHF. Um, Emo Phillips. I still don't quite get him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get e- 
Nemo. <laughs> Never have. He's just a little bit out there for me. And, uh, and then I found out that Judy was married to him at one time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, Judy, how and why? <laughs> I used to like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. It was just, and I didn't get it. It was like, how, why? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, he, he, he was, he, he was an oddball. <laughs> but that's the only one. The one, yeah. And when we did UHF, I had to work with him. And and doing the the finger that gets come out first blood, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, Lynn was like, I'm not working on him. You are. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> and I was just like... His hair doesn't need to be done. He's pasty white. He's perfect. Right. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Roseanne, thank you so much for sharing all these wonderful memories and experiences with us. It sounds like you really had a wonderful time in all your years working with Al. I really did. And I, lo- I loved working with Al. And like I said, I have so much respect for him. And I'm so happy for his success he's worked really really hard and and continues to work hard yeah and then raised the daughter yeah. you know so my hat's off to him and if you do speak to al please send my love for him and suzanne and nina and i just hope to you know the best for all of them Huge thank you to Roseanne McElvain for joining us for the past two episodes and sharing all of those incredible stories of working with Weird Al all those years. And we want to thank John Bermuda Schwartz for sharing a few photos of Roseanne with us from his personal archive. Be sure to check those out over on our Facebook group, group.2000inch.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also still recreational. On the last episode, we mentioned that Darwin, Minnesota is home to Darwin Dassel Park. It has come to our attention that the residents of neighboring Dassel appear to hold a grudge over the name of this beloved community park. The bitterness of Dassel residents is on display as the Facebook page for Darwin Dassel Park refers to the park as Dassel Darwin Park. Rest assured that the residents of Dassel are just jealous and sneaky and smelly because Darwin Dassel Park is indeed located within the city limits of Darwin, Minnesota. So visit Darwin Dassel Park in Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, and Jackson Scoggins. 
Our podcast is also supported by everyone in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters. Scott, Zeb, Adriana, Allison, Blair, Frank from the Bank, Jake, Jared, Javier, UH Jeff, and Kenneth. Also, thanks to Joseph and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast and access to secret episodes. Plus, you can learn how to become a sponsor of the podcast. And don't forget to check out our merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. Our new We Hate Intern Freck merchandise makes a great gift for Easter. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. So join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message in a future episode. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and incredible past guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you're there, click on black and white and weird all over bonus episodes for our special bonus episode book series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast application. Make sure you're subscribed because it not only helps the podcast, but also helps you avoid getting randomly selected by the TSA. Thank you once again to our guest, Roseanne McElvain, and also thank you to John Bermuda Schwartz. And thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Be sure to join us next episode, where we are joined by Perry Grip and Steve Sherlock from the geek rock band Nerf Herder, as we talk all about their brand new single, Born Weird, featuring Weird Al. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 146-inch. Why you stuck up half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? Who's scruffy-looking? No. Oh, no. Well, yes, I have, but no.